Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cudajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. Before we begin anything, I just want to note that I made a big mistake in the last podcast when I was talking about Jared Porter and the different championship teams he's been a part of. For some reason, I just completely messed up when the Red Sox won the World Series and the amount of times the Red Sox won the World Series while Jared Porter was a part of the team. So instead of, I said 2004 and 2011, Jared Porter won with the Red Sox in 2004, 2007, and 2013. So I apologize for that. I don't know how I really let that slip through the cracks, but that's that. Yeah, I just made a big mistake last time. So anyway, today I want to talk about some of the other free agents the Mets could pursue if they do not take the route that we think they're going to take of going for some of the big name free agents now that they've signed James McCann. Now to clarify, I don't think that this is the best option. I think if the Mets were going to go for a catcher and have it not be JT Realmuto and go for James McCann, I think the implication that brings is that they're going to spend money big time elsewhere. I think it would be a big wasted opportunity if they were just going to spend money on a bunch of small guys and you know not make a big culture change now that there's a new owner who has the funds to pay for some of these big players or multiple of these big players so that's just you know like a little little clarifying note there this is not my like ideal path of free agency i think the mets uh have the ability to go after some of the big free agents namely springer or bauer or both hopefully because of the saved money with the james mccann signing who in the last episode i explained i really like this signing and the biggest part of why i like this signing is because of the amount of money it saves for some other big players so i do think it would be a wasted opportunity but beside all that I'm going to discuss the players of Jackie Bradley Jr., Michael Brantley, Jake Odorizzi, and Masahiro Tanaka, and how I think they could benefit or hurt the Mets if the Mets were to go in this direction, and what I really think about them as players, and what I think they would bring to the team overall, whether that's good or bad. Now, before we begin, I just want to let you all know that I am on Twitter, at PodMets. On this Twitter, I post updates and news about the podcast, and I love to interact and talk Mets and baseball with fans like you. So head on over and follow, at PodMets. Alright, so to get things started, I want to talk about Jackie Bradley Jr. So, Bradley Jr. is 30 years old, he's played 8 seasons with the Boston Red Sox, he's a one-time All-Star, and has a gold glove, which is his big draw, which I will get into a little bit later, and has a career wins above replacement of 18, so pretty good. Talking about Jackie Bradley Jr., he is probably the second best center field option compared to Springer, and I'll get into some more comparisons about him in a little bit. So for his career, his slash line is 239, 321 on base percentage, and a 412 slugging percentage for an OPS of 732. So, you know, that's not great. He has 828 career strikeouts, which averages a little over 150 a year. So again, that's not really the draw when you're looking at Jackie Bradley Jr. The big draw is his exceptional glove. Over his career, he has a total of 53 defensive runs saved, and he also has a 986 league fielding percentage. So he is awesome in center field and in general just the outfield but the one thing though that I'm looking at with Bradley Jr. is that he wouldn't really bring much to the Mets overall besides his defense you know he's probably the best fielder on the on the market right now and the good thing about him is that then you can move Nimmo over to left which is his natural position and you have center field with Bradley Jr. that outfield is 
pretty good because now you have Nimmo who plays a much better left field than he does a center field. You've got Conforto in right. You've got Bradley Jr. who can probably provide some veteran experience to the other two guys in the outfield. So, you know, there's the benefit of that with him playing in center field with Nimmo and Conforto. But the main downside would he would be a detriment at the plate. He really would not provide any offensive spark. So, you know, besides his glove, he really is not bringing much to this team. I think that this is an option that I'm sure the Mets will probably consider uh, because of his pedigree in the outfield. And don't get me wrong, I would not mind having a glove like Jackie Bradley Jr. out in center field. We've All as Mets fans have watched horrible outfield play for the better part of five years or so with, like I've talked about time and time again, having infielders in left field, having Nimmo, who's not a center fielder, play center field. You know, the only solid outfielder that the Mets have had is Conforto, and he's in right field, and that's not really where the Mets are having an issue. So signing Jackie Bradley Jr. would not be the worst thing in the world. It's just you're not upgrading the offense in a way, like I said, compared to Springer, you would. Springer is a much more well-rounded player compared to Jackie Bradley Jr., and I think Jackie Bradley Jr while he is an amazing glove he's also a hindrance at the plate which instead of him just being you know decent at the plate his average is a career 239 so you know he's a below average hitter it's not like he's a average hitter with an exceptional glove while when you look at Springer he is a average to above average glove and an exceptional hitter. So that's my one issue with Jackie Bradley Jr. I wouldn't be angry about signing Jackie Bradley Jr. but I also wouldn't be super stoked about him just because I don't think that you're getting that much value because you're not adding much to your lineup when you're signing him. You're only adding to your defense, which is not a problem. Again, this is something the Mets need to solve is their defensive ability, but I don't think that your team overall gets that much better with Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, the next player I want to discuss is Michael Brantley, also an outfielder, but a left fielder, not a center fielder. And this is not someone the Mets have necessarily been connected to, or, you know, this isn't a name that when looking up things about the Mets and free agency has come up very often, but I think he could be an interesting case to look at. So Brantley is 34, while Bradley Jr. is only 30 years old, so there is you know, he's a little bit older. He has a career 30.4 wins above replacement. So that is awesome. And he has played for both the Cleveland Indians and the Houston Astros throughout his career. He's a four-time All-Star and he has also won the Silver Slugger Award. Now, that is sort of tying into what I'm going to talk about with Brantley compared to Bradley Jr. is that he is definitely a better hitter and, you know, he's not terrible in the field either. So over his career, he's hit 297 with a 354 on base percentage and a 440 slugging percentage for a 794 OPS. You know, that's pretty good. Close to above average there. He has 114 career home runs, so he's got some power as well. And fielding wise, he has 21 defensive runs saved as well as a 986 fielding percentage, the same as Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, the main difference with Brantley from Jackie Bradley Jr. is that he is mostly a left fielder. While he has played all over the outfield and, you know, maybe the Mets sign him and he they just slot him into the center field role, he would probably come and play left field, which would be an interesting situation, and I kind of would lean more towards this situation than Jackie Bradley Jr. So basically, with signing him, you would keep Nimmo in center field and have Brantley play in left field. So now your outfield looks like Brantley, Nimmo, and Conforto from left to right field. 
And while Nimmo is not a center fielder, I've emphasized this time and time again, he has played a full season there and could build on what he learned. You know, he wasn't good in center field. He wasn't a great center fielder compared to his stats in left field. But if you sign Brantley, you now have a solid left fielder instead of the infielders that were complimenting Nimmo. And, you know, maybe that tied into some of his struggles because he had to cover a little more ground than maybe he would normally have to if he had a real center a real left fielder I mean playing uh, alongside him now I think the main difference with this move as compared to the Jackie Bradley Jr. move is that I think Brantley is a much more rounded out player than Bradley Jr. And like I said before with Jackie Bradley Jr., I think signing him is a purely defensive move. You're purely going to be upgrading your defense and you honestly might be hurting your offense. While with Brantley Jr., I think you kind of keep your defense at the same level it's at with Nimmo in center field. And actually you might be making your defensive setup a little bit better because now you have a real left fielder playing left field and someone who's played there for a long time and is not terrible at it. And you put a very good bat with Brantley into your lineup. You know, he's a 297 hitter. That's a guy who can hit for average, can move your runners around. He's a veteran presence, even though he may be 34 years old. You know, he's clearly, he clearly knows what he's doing at the plate and can be a professional hitter to help mentor the young core that the Mets have right now and are working with. So I like this better because I think you keep your outfield kind of at the same level it is now, which obviously isn't great, but maybe a little bit better because you might you're now going to have a real left fielder in left field and Nimmo hopefully can build on what he's done in center field even though he's not the best center fielder possible but you have a now a new bat for the lineup compared to Bradley Jr. who wouldn't be giving you very much at the plate so that's what I think looking at these two players for the filling the Mets outfield hole if they weren't going to go with the George Springer route while I do think the Springer route is the best I would not be opposed to a Brantley signing or a Bradley Jr. signing. I just think that Brantley might provide you with a more rounded out player compared to Bradley Jr., but we'd have to see the way the Mets would go. Again, these are all hypotheticals, and it would be interesting to see how the Mets would move if they didn't go and sign Springer, which I sincerely hope they do. Now, before I get into the two pitching free agents that the Mets could go for instead of Trevor Bauer, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. So the next player I want to talk about is Jake Odorizzi. He has played nine seasons over his career for the Kansas City Royals, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Minnesota Twins, and he is a one-time All-Star. He's 30 years old, and he has a career war of 12.4. In his nine seasons, he has a 3.92 ERA, a 12.40 whip, and 8.6 strikeouts through nine. His FIP is also 4.12. So last season, unfortunately, he only had four starts due to injury but the year before was his best season where he had a 351 ERA and a 10.1 strikeouts through nine rate. Now the big factor in that season where he had his best season and also that was his one season where he was an all-star he worked with pitching coach Jeremy Hefner who is the Mets pitching coach right now and I think similar to what I spoke about with Trevor May 
this could be huge for bringing in this player for the Mets. Trevor May, just like Odorizzi, took big leaps and bounds in his career and the way he pitched in the season that he worked with Hefner. And I think that is why bringing in May could be a huge benefit for the Mets bullpen because right when May started to turn his career around was when he was working with Hefner. And now Odorizzi could come and, you know, he had a down year last year. He could similarly come in and hopefully have another bounce back year after having a bad season last year. Now, he's not the most explosive, most amazing pitcher out there, but he is an average to above average pitcher, and I think that could be great for rounding out the rotation. I think that Bauer obviously would give you a top starter to put at the top of your rotation, but I don't think Odorizzi would be a very bad option to put in your four or five hole of your rotation. So your rotation probably would look like DeGrom, Stroman, Syndergaard when he gets back, and before then, I'm assuming it'll probably be Lugo or maybe Mats. I don't know. Obviously, with the season Mats had, you can't really count on him. So I would hope it would be Lugo just until Syndergaard comes back. But then after Syndergaard, you'd have Peterson and then Odorizzi. Or maybe the other way around. I'm not sure how Luis Rojas would want to structure that. But I think that that would create a pretty solid rotation, honestly. If you had Odorizzi there in your four or five hole. Definitely, in my mind, he's better than Porcello or Waka. So you're getting an upgrade over what the Mets had last season. So I don't think this would be a terrible signing. I do think it does bank a lot on his ability to reach the next level while working with Jeremy Hefner the same way he did in 2019 and before he was hurt last season but overall I think he is a career average pitcher and that wouldn't really be terrible for the Mets to have in the back of their rotation now I do think that I would rather have Bauer because Bauer is the explosive exciting personable character that he is and would be great for the team in a multitude of ways but I don't think Odorizzi would necessarily be terrible for the rotation. I think it would just be a solid move to help bolster the rotation and shore it up at the back end. Now the final player I want to talk about is Masahiro Tanaka. Tanaka is 32 years old. He is a two-time All-Star with the New York Yankees in his seven seasons in the MLB, and before he was in the MLB, he played professionally in Japan. He has a career war of 17 and a half, and he has a career ERA of 374 and an 1130 whip, as well as 8.5 strikeouts through 9 and a 391 FIP. Now, besides the strikeouts through 9 stat, he has better stats overall than Odorizzi, and I think that you would be getting a more solid option with Tanaka compared to Odorizzi, which is why, while I like both options and I don't think either one would be wrong, for a second tier signing compared to going for the top tier with Bauer. But I really like the solidness and the reliability that comes with Tanaka overall. So throughout his career, he has been a solid mid-rotation guy, averaging 30 starts per year from 2016 to 2019, but his main issue has been his home run rate. 16% of his fly balls have gone for home runs, which makes me a little nervous because that stat includes both home and away numbers, so that's not strewn because of tiny Yankee Stadium, but... I think that the fact that he he's reliable, he averages 30 starts per year, and he has a career ERA of 374, you know, that's a pretty average starter who's similar to Odorizzi and could slot in before or after Peterson at the back end of your rotation, and I think he could shore it up, and if he can give you all those starts, I mean, the biggest problem the Mets have really had with their rotation has been pitchers keeping and 
making all of their starts. So if he can give you 30 starts a year, that would be awesome. And if he can give you 30 starts at a 374-ish ERA, and maybe he works on his home runs a little bit, that could be a solid signing for the Mets. And he's from New York. He knows how to deal with the New York media and everything around that. So I don't think this would be a bad signing either. Again, just emphasizing over and over and over again, I really would rather have Springer and Bauer. But if that's not the way the Mets go, I don't think this would be a terrible signing. But either way, I don't think that there is necessarily a real bad option when you look at the comparison between Odorizzi and Tanaka. I think they're both mid-range guys. I think there's a little more risk with Odorizzi because he's coming off a down year and the way that he plays is really dependent on how he can work with Hefner. While Tanaka is reliable and is sort of at his 374 mark around there for most of his career, so I don't know. I think that I would probably lean more towards Tanaka over Odorizzi, but I don't think that if the Mets were to sign Odorizzi over Tanaka, I would be unhappy either. So in conclusion, like I said in the start, I obviously would rather the Mets go for some of the top free agents available because of the money they saved when they signed McCann, but I think there are definitely some options worth exploring in the lower tier market with Jackie Bradley Jr., Michael Brantley, Jake Odorizzi, or Masahiro Tanaka. I think you could find some gems there, possibly. I, again, would rather have Brantley over Jackie Bradley Jr. because I think that would round out your outfield and lineup. And I think that you can't really go wrong with either Odorizzi or Tanaka. So I just think those are some interesting paths to explore and to look at. I just can't really see why they would want to go for one of these lower tiers over the top tier just because of the amount of money they have and have saved with the McCann signing. So let me know what you all think. My Twitter is at PodMets, like I said in the beginning of the show. Let me know if you think any of these players I named could be solid options for the Mets or not solid options for the Mets, or if there are some other lower tier players that you think would be better suited for the Mets if they weren't going to go after some of the top free agents. I don't know. These were some guys that stuck out to me, and I thought that that they might be some interesting names to take a look at. So that's going to be it. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Please make sure to go and follow at PodMets on Twitter for updates and news about the show. And that's going to be it. Let's go Mets.